We're listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Tonight, I am joined by Vlad. Hello, everybody. And Austin. Hello. How is everyone? I'm good. I'm behind the computer, so if my voice sounds a little bit funky, it's because I'm behind y'all. Yes, you are, you are a little, little muted, probably. So, everybody have an okay day? Yeah, long day, but productive, which is good. All right. Yes. All right. Well, tonight, we are going to talk about closed practices. This is a conversation that continues to move through the witch community, the pagan community, the alternatively spiritual communities. Um, and there seems to be a lot of, again, a lot of confusion on this, you know. Um, we have a lot of people who are, you know, uh, black, indigenous, other people of color who are, you know, finally, I think, feeling, you know, the power to step up and say, no, you can't have this. This is ours, rightfully so. You know, and then you've got these people on the opposite side of that argument that are like, well, we've always done this and no one has ever said no to us before. So fuck you. We're going to keep doing these things. And then you have, you know, the people in the middle that are kind of like, hey, you know, like, let's all just try to respect each other as best we can. And, you know, anyway, so so we're going to talk a little bit tonight about some of the I think the the truth behind this particular issue in our community. So. Let's 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 dive in. Vlad, you are an indigenous man, right? You yes. have uh, experience and initiation and practice years and years and years, okay, in in multiple traditions. Yes, right? You you are a voice that that people should listen to. Okay, can you tell me in your experience or your definition what exactly is a closed practice? Well, from my perspective, right? A close practice is spiritual or magical, and even a physical uh, practice that we, as a group of people, that we identify ourselves as an X denominator, just to use that as an, as an example, we have done for centuries, for years, and it is not open to people just because they want it, okay. right? A closed practice is basically that. It's basically a cultural, a spiritual practice and things that we do that makes us a tribe, a coven, a community, a close, close community. Okay. All right. One of the interesting things, and this is a conversation that I've had um, again and again and again, unfortunately, but also I guess fortunately, because this tells me that there are people out there who really do want to be respectful of this, this particular situation that we have around closed practices. Um, but one of the things that I've had a, a conversation about with this is the term closed practice. I think in talking with a lot of people, particularly people who are trying to be respectful, people who are trying to decolonize their, their spiritual work, um, I've noticed that that term closed practice continues to be a source of confusion for a lot of people. And when I've had conversations with people um you know, recently even on this, you know, I've I've actually taken to using the term initiatory practice. 
Okay. And, you know, and I've had a few people, particularly people, you know, with the, you know, BIOP or BI, geez, Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Sorry, these <laughs> acronyms, these acronyms trip me up every time. Um, I've had people from those communities reach out and say, well, you know, this, you know, this actually has a bit more to do with initiate or that, or is a bit beyond just processes of initiation. Like a lot of this has to do with who we are as a people, the places that we originate, these kinds of things. And I can absolutely appreciate that. I absolutely can. But for the purpose of trying to explain this to people who are not of those communities, could, could you maybe elaborate on that a little bit? I mean, really, when it comes down to what closes a practice, that would really be the formal process of training or initiation. Is that true? I believe so. I do agree with those kind of people. Uh, for example, um, I'm going to talk about a little bit about my indigenous side. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm not saying that nobody, nobody can do what I do as an indigenous in my Taino Arawak practices. Okay. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you need to respect it and you need to go through the process of, in a process that is not a weekend, because this is a way of life, okay. right? And other practices, and I'm going to go a little bit more into the Orishas, okay. you cannot be called a Santero or a Palo Mayombe or Palo Monte practitioner if you don't go through the process of initiation and learn through the process. The problem with, with, with some part of the spiritual community now is that they feel that they spend, I don't know, how many thousand dollars and, and, and going to a place to learn, and I'm supposedly learn, um, <laughs> about a certain indigenous way, and they feel the right and entitlement of calling themselves oh, I'm a Peruvian shaman, or I am uh, any kind of indigenous practitioner. If you haven't lived the life, it's about living the life. It's not about, I study this for a week and a week, and I spend thousands of dollars in it, and now I'm one. You cannot buy your way into this. You cannot, period. Though sometimes close practices do demand a lot of money. They can. Yes, there are center practices that they will require a lot of money. For example, like being crowned a santero. That's a lot of money. But also, it's not only the money, but it's also the process of. Mm -hmm. There are some things that you're not going to be able to do in a week. Yeah, but yeah. You know, I mean, for, for, for so you can understand there is a process within santeria. And I know this because I actually thought at some point to become one, that you have to be basically celibate for a year. So it's not a process that it takes just a week or a little time, because it's basically a process of purification, not only of the body, but also of the soul. Yeah. That makes sense. So really quickly, I'm so sorry to take us out of the flow of our conversation for the topic of our podcast, but those of you who are listening to this probably know, will we'll remember that we were going to be joined tonight by our friend Hez from Tomb of the Scarab. And 
Um, we, we've had a little bit of breakdown of communication, unfortunately, and um, sadly, Hez will not be joining us for this episode. Uh, but we will definitely have Hez back on a future episode because he has got all kinds of awesome information to share with, uh, not well, not just with us, but with everybody who would listen. So um, so we are so sorry. Hez is not with us tonight. Um, okay, anyway, let's, let's get back into um, the topic. So going back to... Um, what I was, what I was saying earlier, you know, and I think that this is again, something that I, I want to, and I don't mean to like, you know, to continue to hammer on this particular piece of this, but, no, I, please but, do. but again, but this is where I find people continue to be confused. And I'm going to use this as an example, just because this is one of the examples that has come up through conversation that I've had recently with people on this topic is I, I've had a lot of conversations with people with people, uh, particularly black practitioners or people mm -hmm. who are, you know, who are black and they're, you know, and they're, um, speaking out, you know, and they're being very vocal about like, well, you, you know, people who are not black are, cannot have access to hoodoo or to African, you know, ATRs, African traditional religions, or, you know, or the diaspora, you know, diaspora of yep. those, of those particular practices and, and spiritualities. You know, if you are not black, you cannot have these, you cannot even like, don't even ask, like, like, no, absolutely never, you know, and, and then in the con course of that conversation, you know, I say, well, my understanding is that at least 60% of the, the black people within the U.S. don't actually identify as you know, hoodoo practitioners, root workers, voodoo practitioners—they're all really basically evangelical in their yeah. belief. They're all Christian. Yes, they are. You know, and so in talking with these some of these uh, black practitioners, you know, and of course, obviously, trying to be respectful in this conversation, right? Because you know, I have to—I'm not a part of those traditions either, you know. And so, uh, but in in raising that conversation once again, I have to kind of say, you—you you are a Christian. So though your skin may be the right color, you really don't necessarily have any more right or access to this than I do, because you also haven't necessarily gone through the formal trainings and initiations that are required. You may have ancestry that would connect you to these practices many, many years ago, but that does not mean that you are necessarily a shoe in That doesn't mean that you are automatically grandfathered in just because your ancestors may have done this. You also still have to choose this path. You also still have to consciously work toward this path. There are processes of initiation that you too have to go through. Yeah, that is very true. And the, and, and, and the reason why I agree is because uh, I'm Puerto Rican, right? Okay. A lot of people from Puerto Rico, uh, they have indigenous blood. Mm -hmm. They do have the Arawak Taino blood. Yes, yeah. But not all of them hmm. are initiated or practice within the Arawak Taino traditions. So they don't call themselves Arawak. They don't call themselves Taino. They do understand that they are part of that genome. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Pool, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't identify themselves as indigenous. Okay. Right? Yeah is the same way. Not because you have the blood means that you are. You got to understand that because your ancestors did the work, not because your ancestors did it means you have it. Yeah. Right? Yes, you will have the influence of your ancestors. Yes, probably you are closer to those practices that probably I am or anybody here will be. But that doesn't mean that you are the guardian of that tradition. Because this is the, the, the interesting part. Let's just say that there are a lot of practitioners out there that have been practicing, for example, hoodoo or voodoo mm -hmm. 
and they actually are not black, but they have done the work, the process, and the initiations to be a part of that community, mm-hmm. right? At, at least of that religion, because yeah. voodoo is a religion. Yes, it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So just like we have, respectfully speaking, and just so you know, I am a person of color, um, um, just like we see a lot of preachers that are black, yeah, the same yeah. way you have a lot of voodoo practitioners that probably are not black. I'm not saying that you, because you, I'm not saying that white people should be entitled to things, but if they're willing to do the work, if they're willing to respect the spirit, then if you were accepted by that religion, then it's okay. It is okay. And who are we? as people and practitioners from the physical side tell the deities and spirits who to choose and not choose. That's something that we don't talk about. Well, in a, in a lot of those, uh, in a lot of closed traditions, it's my understanding that the spirits choose you. Yeah, there are physical mundane things you have to go through in order to be considered a part of this uh, closed practice. But ultimately, just like with a lot of other practices, you, you, you're, you're told by the spirits and the gatekeepers or the priests or the priestesses or the leaders of that particular closed practice do readings and are in communication with the spirits and are told, yes, they may practice. No, they may not. Yes, they can if they do this. No, they can't unless, um, or no, not at this time. You know, these readings have to be done. Yes, you're right. For example, uh, on the Odisha sites and Loa, before you do anything and before you are accepted, uh, and have a godfather, a reading will be performed. And it's not the godfather, but the spirit that will say yes or no. Mm-hmm. And you got to understand that Orishas, specifically Orishas, they are Afro-Latin yeah. religion. Yeah. It's an Afro-Latin religion. Yeah. It comes from Africa and also specifically Caribbean, Latin America. Okay. That doesn't yeah. mean that it's not around the world because right yeah. now it's worldwide. Yeah. But... Those are the influences. If you come to think of it, you know, one of the, uh, a lot of people feel and believe that the home place of the Orishas and Santeria is Cuba, mm-hmm. right? But all those are processes that we need to follow. Yeah. And again, I'm going to be very honest. I, I consider myself a gatekeeper. Yeah. I consider myself a gatekeeper. In my Arawak traditions, I'm a gatekeeper. You cannot have that. If you don't go to the necessary process, if you don't create a relationship with the spirits of my tradition, then no. It's not because I feel like I'm the guardian of it. It's because Mm -hmm. I know the spirits will not allow you to do it. And what people don't understand with this is that when you get entitled with things like this, 
those spirits will do something against you. Yeah. Yeah, those spirits will get you. You and, you and Austin both, between the last couple comments that you just made, you both raised kind of an interesting point. And I want to detour just a moment from ancestral. Uh, excuse, excuse me. Um, close practices. Oh, geez. I don't know where my head is today. Um, with close practices, Austin touched upon the concept of basically priests and priestesses and elders within these traditions that are ultimately, these are the people that like, they've gone through all of that training. They've done the initiation, which is one of the reasons that they have the power or the right to be able to basically to gatekeep. You just mentioned that you do consider yourself a gatekeeper, Vlad. Yeah. And I think that this is an example to me of how gatekeeping can actually be a good thing within our community. We look at witches or whatever whatever the tradition would be. How gatekeeping actually is something that we we need gatekeeping. Yeah, of course our... we need. And I'm sorry that I'm interrupting you. No, but one it, of the yeah. reasons why I believe we need it is because if we don't gatekeep our traditions, how are we going to keep them pure? Yeah. How are we going to make them evolve? And how do we keep them alive? How do we keep them alive the way that they should be alive? And not only yes. that, how do you guard those traditions with the respect that mm. they, yes. they deserve? Yeah. There are people out there that they just say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this word and I'm sorry if somebody gets offended, but I'm a shadow walker. Mm. What the fuck is a shadow yeah. walker? Yeah. I, I said the fuck word, Austin. That's okay. I dropped one earlier too, so you're good. I think people are used to it by now. Yeah. We'll just slap an explicit yeah. on this one, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, what what is that? You know, and I'm going to give you a, 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 another example. I belong to your coven. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I had to go through a process. I had to go through a process. Mm -hmm. And I got to, I had to do it everything that was required of me for you to accept me within the coven. Well, not even just us to accept you, but for the spirits to yes. accept you. Because mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to, I think, is it really does, it does come, it comes down to the spirits of those traditions. Yeah. As Vlad was just saying, if you do not respect that part of those traditions, those spirits will, they will get you. And, you know, and so, and I always tell people that too. I always say, you know, like, hey, if you're, you're going to try to take this and this isn't something that you really have access to, that you haven't really earned this, you're going to pay. And yeah. It, it won't be the people, the, the living human witches or santeros or whatever, whatever they are. It will not be necessarily those people that will get you, though they might. Um, it'll be the spirits of that tradition that will destroy you. Yeah. And, 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 and people don't realize that people think that they're, in, you know, not everybody, but there are some people out there that they, they, they feel entitled to everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, there's gatekeepers. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm a gatekeeper because I have, I love my tradition. Yeah. I am my tradition. Yeah. So if you are trying to use my tradition, mm -hmm. at least you really need to respect it, create a connection, and go through the process. Yep. Do it the right way. Yeah, I just wanted to touch upon that because I think you both raised a really interesting point there. Albeit these are, again, kind of slightly different topics. But once again, we touch upon the importance of initiation and how, once again, you cannot self-initiate, particularly into these traditions. Um, yeah, you cannot yeah. download it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm so sick of the whole light worker. Oh, I received a spiritual download. It's like, uh, the fuck you I did? I received an initiation from spirit last night at the bottom of my wine bottle. Really? You too? Yeah. Okay. I'm understanding that's a really popular way now. Yeah. Um, 
But also, again, once again, the importance of gatekeeping, how gatekeeping actually is something that we probably do need to be encouraging more. So, yeah. All right. So I want to talk uh, or I want to hear Vlad's opinion on this uh, next uh, you know, focusing a bit more, going into another component of something I'm hearing more and more in closed practices, because we, I know you and I have had this conversation, Vlad, and I know that you and I are both kind of on the same page here, but to, to help educate people who are listening to this episode, I've had more than one conversation with someone who has pursued, actually, you know, has actually gone through the right process of becoming connected to a tradition like this, who has not been, you know, whatever it is they're supposed to be, to be able to have access to this. And the reason for that is they've actually been told by elders within that tradition that they've had prior incarnation or prior lifetime. Yeah. You know, like maybe you like, you could be blue eyed blonde, you know, you know, whatever, you know, Kelly from Ohio in this lifetime, but who knows, maybe a couple hundred years ago, you actually were a member of an indigenous tribe. You were actually a member. So, and in having that conversation, I always say, well, even in those situations, you still have to, like, like you have to still do some work yep. to prove that you were indeed that in a prior life. Because I've had a lot of people come in. They're like, well, I believe that in a prior lifetime that I was this, this, and this. And this is why I should have access to this now. And, you know, and my response to those people is I was like... What have you actually done to follow up on that? What have you done or who have you talked to to confirm that you were indeed this in a past life? So can you talk a little bit more about that, Vlad? Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, I have a few things to say about this. Mm -hmm. First of all, you're going to, you know, some people are not going to like this, but I really don't care. And we're not here to make friends. We're here to educate. Yes. Uh, for example, uh, I do past life readings because I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you're and you're awesome. If anybody's listening and you want a past life reading, contact us to book with Vlad. He does an excellent job. So the reason is a past life reading is because you went through that process in that past life that you had a past life as an indigenous person, as a person of color. Doesn't matter what or who. Doesn't mean that in this life you're going to repeat your last past life. Mm. This is a completely right. different process. It's a completely different experience. Why would you want to relive mm. your past life? You're going to get stuck in evolving, growing, and in different areas of your life. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean that you will not feel the connection. Yes, you're going to feel the connection if, if it is true. Right? But then, like you said, Michael, what have you done? Have you tried to, you know, get in contact with uh, the people of that tribe, of that tradition, mm -hmm. and try to learn and see what they feel and think mm -hmm. about how you feel? Have they done a reading or any spiritual journey with you to look deep within? Those are the right ways and processes for you to do this. Not because, well, I feel like I am... Mm -hmm. In a past life, or yeah. I was in a past life, so now I can. No, no, no. That's yeah. that's a sense of entitlement. Yeah, that's not the way it works. It, Absolutely. Well, and I love the, those conversations too because just one extra tidbit. A lot of the times, those spiritual traditions, when uh, that conversation comes up, I also because I'm a jerk, I, I also <laughs> have to let that person know that the concept of reincarnation isn't something that is even included in that spiritual tradition. 
Like those are spiritual traditions that don't even include a concept of reincarnation. Yeah. At least not the kind of reincarnation that would have you coming back as a human in another lifetime. Yes. You know? And yes. so, yeah. So, so I love that too, because they always fall back on that. Well, reincarnate is like, well, not all of these spiritual traditions have the same concept of reincarnation that you're thinking of. Yeah. And not only that, what people don't realize is like, for example, oh, I, 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 I was a Mayan priest. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you realize that Mayan priests sacrifice people? Mm. You know, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is because people focus on like, oh, of that sense of entitlement of, you know, like I was this, like it was so great by social standards at that time that was okay and great. By social standards now, mm. that's not okay. So you are sticking to a past that is filled with blood. Yeah. And you're trying to relive that life again. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Just because you were something in a past life, royalty or what have you, does not mean you're royalty in this life. Exactly. That you and I mean that we're going to treat you like royalty. Exactly. You and I do past life readings. Mm -hmm. You you do mm -hmm. past life reading, Austin. Yes, I do. Yeah. Right? And 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 one of the one of the things that I know you and I do when we do a past life reading is tell our client this is a past life. That doesn't mean you're gonna relive this that past life in this one. The only reason why we do in a past life reading is because you wanna Get some insight of it. Not that you're going to believe it. Yeah. And, and this is why people need to understand that when we are talking about closed practices. Mm -hmm. People need to understand that. Yeah. And I want to add another point to this. Mm -hmm. when, when, when people feel connected to, uh, 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 to a past life, to a closed tradition, which past life? Which mm -hmm. one? Mm -hmm. You know, because then... If I'm thinking that way, so in a past life, I was Egyptian. In another past life, I was uh, indigenous. In another past life, I was German. So you're owning the indigenous and the Egyptian. But probably you were part of, and people don't be triggered, maybe you were a part of the Nazi uh, 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 army. Oh, okay. So you owning just... You're the good ones, and, yeah. and you're picking. You're picking so it's choosing. not being truthful. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that does seem to, to kind of bring up an issue of spiritual integrity. Yeah. It's like you have to claim the bad shit with the good shit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I just had a conversation. I did a past life reading yesterday for a per personal client, and that's part of what I told this individual in the past life reading. I was like, you have to, you, you don't just get to claim all the good shit. You have to claim the bad shit. Yeah. And... And that's that's for everything. Yeah, and to give you an example, yeah. in my gene pool, mm -hmm. I have Spaniard, mm -hmm. uh, people from Spain. Mm -hmm. That's how we call them in my in, in my tradition, Spaniards. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. And 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 part of my ancestry comes from them, mm -hmm. and I have to acknowledge that. Yeah. Right, but people tend to pick. No, I was this, yeah. and that's not a healthy. That's not healthy spiritualism. Yeah. If you had something in the past life, doesn't mean you're going to have it now. Yeah. That means that you're just a brat. You don't right. get to cherry pick your past lives. Okay. But I really want to. No. No? All right. 
Let's let's talk about a few or, or let's name a few because uh, uh, close traditions. Excuse me. Let's name a few of these because I think that this is another thing that continues to be a bit confusing for people. And I'm just gonna say right now that there's no way that we could I think name every closed tradition on just this episode of the podcast. There, that you know that would be woof. That's quite the conversation, but um, or a long list. But um, let's talk about a few that maybe we are familiar with. You know, um, just because again I, I think that there. There continues to be some confusion around what these traditions really are, the cultures in which they originate, the people in which they originate, you know. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Who who wants to throw some closed traditions out I'm going to throw one that nobody's expecting. Okay. Christianism. Oh, yeah? Okay. You can, uh, go, to, you can go to church. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can go to church, evangelical or Catholic. Yeah. But unless you're baptized... Ah, okay. That's yeah. you're not part of the congregation, and you're not going to heaven. Just the same way that within Catholicism, if you don't have your sacraments, yeah, yeah, and you actually don't go to the confessionary, mm-hmm. you're not going to heaven. Yeah. So, within itself, Christianism is a close practice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're. I don't know that we have a lot of Christians who listen to no, our I podcast. Know. But if we did, I'm sure you probably just exploded a few heads, and that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. So, others, you know, like, um, I mean, we mentioned a few during this episode, right? Like, we talked about... Um, um Oh, God, yeah. I mean, Vlad should, should probably maybe talk about those, just because, again, he's, I think, a bit more familiar with the, the culture and many of those different traditions. Because they are different traditions. Yeah, they're, they're different. All, they're all kind of under... Uh, the umbrella of what would you call it, like uh, Yoruba, yeah, right? yeah. Um, but um, you know, and they all have, I think, uh, again, many. Well, I wouldn't say all, but many of them do have roots in the African traditional religions. Yeah, like ours. The, yeah. Though, though they become syncretized with Latin American practices yeah. as well. Yeah, with Latin um, American and with Catholicism. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I always, for some reason, I always want to leave out the Catholicism there. I think it's because I'm just. Yeah, but what it yeah. is, uh, Palo Monte, Palo Mayombe. Santeria, mm. Loa. Mm. Um, there are also some uh, some uh, some practices um, like the that are more specific uh, within within the Santeria, okay. right? That they only work with the what they say the original saints. Oh, all right. Right. They don't okay. they don't work with anything else. Um, and those are close practices. You cannot call yourself a santero or a balero if you haven't gone through the initiations. Yeah. And you should know better not to call yourself that. Yeah. Not like a lot of people I've heard through different social medias. Oh, God, yeah. You know, calling themselves that without any kind of initiations. Even if you started your initiation doesn't mean that you are in. Yeah. And part of an initiation is completing it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You can't be half initiated. You're either initiated or not. Yeah. Yeah. What about Austin? What about Wicca? Wicca. Traditional Wicca is a closed practice, though it is a practice that has a a lot of cultural appropriation, cultural misappropriation. Um, traditional Wiccan practitioners nowadays, uh, such as uh, Thorn Mooney are actually trying to decolonize it and try to make sure that they are going through the proper roots of 
working with these spirits and working with those those energies. But yes, traditional Wicca, technically, things like Gardnerian Wicca, Alexandrian Wicca, um, oh God, so many others are a closed practice. You can practice Wicca just like with Christianity. You can practice Wicca, mm -hmm. but that doesn't make you a Wiccan. That's like you. I could go to church and I could go to mass every a, Sunday. Yeah, it's, that doesn't make you a Catholic. Doesn't make me a Catholic. I have to go through catechism. I have to take sacrament. I have to be baptized. I have to be blessed. I have to be all these things. And in Wicca, though you can practice those things, and there's so many books out there, and that's that, that's the problem that we find. I find a lot with closed practices as well. Is there's there's books that are written about closed practices, and if those practitioners are legitimate in the closed practice, they're revealing things or, or they're sharing things that would be found elsewhere as well, not parts that would be breaking oaths or initiations. So, yeah. yes, technically, traditional Wicca is a closed practice. Okay. You must go through initiatory rites and practices, and uh, just because you call yourself a high priestess doesn't make you a high priestess. Yeah. You, at, you say you're a high priestess, I'm going to ask for your lineage. You can't give me that? Well, then you're bullshit. So. Reading a book on Wicca does, I mean, well, I guess reading a book on anything, again, I wanted to be clear, does not mean that you are now that thing. Exactly. Like, Just... I can I can read a book on how to repair the engine in a car. That does not mean I'm now a mechanic. Exactly. You you can you can find you can find books on vocal anatomy. That doesn't make you a speech therapist or a voice teacher. Mm. That just means you kind of sort of know what's going on, but that doesn't mean you have any practical application of that at all. So I know, I know you want to ask it real quick, but just before we move on. Okay, so I'm, I'm just really curious. And again, this is going to kind of be a little bit of a tangent here, but Thorn Mooney, okay. And and you are right. Thorn Mooney, you know, who I, you know, I, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not Wiccan. I'm not too, super familiar with Thorn Mooney, uh, Mooney. And the last thing I want to do is say anything to disparage her writing her work. But in the process of trying to decolonize Wicca, once you remove all of what Gardner basically took from the Golden Dawn, which they also took from mm -hmm. other yep. cultures and practices. What's really left? Because Wicca really, I mean, at that point, don't you just basically just have like old Cornish witchcraft? I mean, you know, like what's what's really left? I would, I would guess. And yes, this is Mike shitting on Wicca yet again. I would uh, guess. I'm not a. I'm not a practicing Wiccan anymore. I. Don't. I know, but oh, but the knowledge is, is still there. The right? knowledge so is you still have there. roots of, of of all of that. So God, how I'm just curious. What really? What what would be left? I'm just curious. Well, that that hmm. speechless. Why don't you What do you think about that? And we'll come back to you in a minute. Uh, well, I can answer it. It's just okay. Okay, what it is is the things in Wicca that would be considered uh, parts of closed practices. A lot of Wiccan covens or Wiccan practitioners love to burn white sage before you enter your circle to cleanse you of negative energies and spirits. And um, traditionally, Gerald Gardner actually didn't do that. There is a specific incense blend that you would create and craft on a particular phase of the moon on a particular day. Okay, but where did he get that information? He probably got that information from mm -hmm. various Italian witches, various uh, Golden Dawn practitioners and stuff okay. like that. Okay. However... Mm -hmm. Um, depending on what veins you go through, he could have been an initiate of the Golden Dawn. And okay, but the Golden Dawn itself is also an organization that stole so much from 
Eastern spiritualism, mm -hmm. Middle yeah. Eastern spiritualism, yes. Abrahamic faith. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot that goes mm -hmm. into the theology, not the theology, that's the wrong word. There's a lot that goes into the practice. Golden Dawn. Yeah. As far as their liturgy, their practice, mm -hmm. these kinds of things. There's a lot that goes into that. But again, yes. most of that, once again, has been misappropriated. Those mm -hmm. those white English men behind the Golden Dawn were not from any of those cultures. I, I, I know. So I honestly, you would probably be left with something similar to what we would look at as traditional English witchcraft. Things the, the 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 act of casting a circle would probably become more akin to the laying of the compass, hmm. um, which I understand also actually has roots in the Mediterranean. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so really, if we look at Wicca, the only re the only thing the only reason Wicca has become a closed or the only reason Wicca is a closed practice at this point um, is the oaths you take, the initiatory processes you go through. And so it's because it's structured. It's because it's structured. Okay. You know, and okay. if we look at a lot of closed practices, that's what we see is a lot of closed practices. You will, you, you, well, every practice out there, there will be similarities just because yep. there's, there's every practice will usually have some sort of burning something to do something to fumigate something, you know, and where do we draw the line of this burnable is not okay for you because you're not initiated and you don't know how to use it properly, but this burnable is. And I can honestly say that's where you need to talk to the people who originated that that practice. You know? Um, I've never been a white sage burner. I don't like burning white sage. I don't utilize white sage unless we're doing... Uh, unless Vlad is actually doing something. Um, though I know how to utilize it properly... And I know how to connect to that spirit. I connect more with rosemary. Rosemary is part of my heritage. Rosemary is part of my tradition. And if I wanted to say it, it's okay. close practice, but it's not. All right. Okay, Vlad. I'm sorry. I know you were wanted to, you wanted to no, say no, something. No, no, no. That's fine. Um, uh, I just want to say something also about white sage. Right. I think that's it's important for people to understand. Get them, Vlad. Right. Because I'm indigenous. Right. Um, and I do use white sage from time to time, right? But the reason why I use it is because I have created a relationship with the spirit of that plant. Mm -hmm. And I am thankful yeah. for what the spirit of that plant is giving me or doing for me, right? I don't try to use white sage for every little thing. Mm -hmm. I don't abuse it. And this is the problem here. White sage has been abused. Mm -hmm. I've yeah. seen videos of people using white sage for a joke. Yeah. What the hell is that? Mm -hmm. That's so disrespectful. So disrespectful. Right? That's one thing. Another thing is, I'm not saying that, for example, you, Austin, or you, Michael, cannot use white sage. But if what I'm saying is that if you understand the purpose of the white sage, that it is actually for rituals and more to connect to the ancestral realm when mm -hmm. we're talking about the spirit of that plant yeah. is not to cleanse or smudge. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the word smudge is basically to stain. That, word's, that word needs to be replaced. Hmm. Okay? But it's 
about the understanding of why we are using white sage so much. It's no, you go to every light worker, and I'm shitting on light workers again, um, light worker uh, metaphysical store, and they have bundles and bundles of white sage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why? Why? You know? Um, we have it here at the shop, but we also have indigenous people that come here. We do, we do. That, well, we also ethically source the white sage. We do, and work yeah. with tribes. Yeah, we get our white sage actually from from a reservation. Um, we try, we try, we deliberately here try to make sure we deal with as, as many people of color, indigenous and black uh, crafters uh, practitioners as possible. Well, I mean, and we just found out that the pillar candles that we sell in the shop, mm -hmm. not the ones we make, but the pillar yeah. candles we sell in the shop. When we order those, we're supporting a minority company. Yeah. And we love it. We yeah. want to support those. We want to support the marginalized. Yeah. That's our whole point here. Yeah. And, it, yeah. So, anyway, sorry. So, I, I, yeah. another uh, another thing that I wanted uh, 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 to talk about is about uh, the indigenous tribes. Mm -hmm. You know? And I'm not going to I'm not going to be able to mention Every indigenous tribe, right, uh, or any uh, you know any Native American specifically tribe, but each Native American tradition or indigenous tradition within itself is mm -hmm. a close practice. Yeah, and not even me as an indigenous person can have access to other indigenous practices mm -hmm. unless an elder of that tribe invites me. And again, not because I'm indigenous, I feel entitled to their knowledge, to their practices. Mm -hmm. I respect them. Yeah. No, no, ab yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think that's a good example of how it goes beyond just the uh, specific spiritual practices of the people. And also I think it incorporates or brings in something to the effect of like the culture, the people themselves. Yeah. You know, um, which is where, you know, again, where I um, come in with, you know, with the, the Roma history of our, our, our family's spiritual practices. You know, there are um, things within the Roma uh, people, you know, in our culture, like we also we consider our spirituality a closed practice, you know. And in recent years, I've actually been pretty open about some of the stuff that's been a component of that practice. You know, I've shared that information with people that would be outside of that community. Um, but these are all people who have earned that in mm -hmm. some way they have been made part of of my family within that community you know and so yeah so you know and and i say that i bring that up mainly because i want to say that that again has more to do with the culture and the people rather than a particular spiritual practice yes yeah so yeah we're, we're sitting here talking about this and, and going, I'm thinking back now to, to what Vlad said, first of all, about Christianity being a closed practice. And I'm thinking like all of those Abrahamic faiths really are closed practices if you think about it. I mean, if you mm -hmm. look at Islam, much like Christianity, you have very specific things you have to go through. Yeah, if you think about it, Christianity um, actually stole... Oh God, yeah, Christianity. I think uh, Christianity took so much from so many people, and you know. But I think they're finding as we're, as our archaeological and you know as as our information is becoming more and more. Um, well, just as more and more information is becoming available, you know, I mean, we're finding out now that even some of the uh, faiths that we believed at one point were the oldest or amongst the oldest. No, no, they stole from even older faiths, you know, like yeah. um, there's there's a, a creator, um, 
a content creator that I follow on uh, TikTok who is brilliant. This this guy, he's just got years and years of study, and he um, talks a lot specifically about uh, Canaanite. Oh, the Canaanites, um, yeah. And old Ugaritic. Elohim. Uh, yes, exactly, yeah. like these things. And these are things that for many, many years were associated with Judaism. Um, yeah. But we're finding out, like, no, no, these things go back much further you know, and so, you know, and of course, I'm not trying to demean anyone's faith. We're not, we're not, that is not our purpose tonight in bringing up some of these topics. We're not trying to demean anyone's faith by bringing this or talking about some of this stuff. But, but it does, it does bear mention that, that many of even what we consider the acceptable, the common, the non-pagan, which I laugh at because give me a break. Those, those <laughs> Abrahamic faiths were really, those were the original pagan faiths. Um, but even those faiths um, were not above uh, taking and appropriating and misappropriating yep. from from other cultures and other peoples and prior cultures. So, um, so it's just very interesting when you think about how this is really this is just an issue that I think impacts all spirituality. Um, yeah, it does. It yeah. does impact all spirituality in, in, in so many different levels, yeah. right? Because. Uh, who was here at the beginning that actually can consciously remember the beginning? Oh yeah, nobody. Yeah. If we if if we if we go, if we go uh, through history like history history, uh, the first civilization was in Mesopotamia, mm -hmm. so we kind of all come from the same place, yeah. right? If we believe that specifically, oh, exa yeah, right? exactly, yeah, because there are going to be stories and theories out there that would disagree. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, so. Yeah, exactly, yeah. but even in the in, in those old days, you know, you have, for example, the 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 people that had a specific practice that they will fight, they will have civil wars mm -hmm. because one favored this god and then the other one favored this one, yeah, and they would appropriate beliefs from different uh, mm -hmm. beliefs and different gods. You know, this is something that has gone from time to time to time in the past. Mm -hmm. And right now, I believe it's something that is that needs to be needs to be said over and over again, not because we're repeating the mistakes of the past, mm -hmm. but because I think that right now the majority of us of us have the understanding and respect for these practices, and those who don't should burn on the stake. No, I'm joking. Um, um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, they they should be called out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's another component of gatekeeping, right? I think I think as gatekeepers, and, and again, I know that's such a charged word, you know, but as we were just talking a few moments ago, gate, gatekeeping can actually be a positive thing. You know, but I think that w one part of the gatekeeping is, I think, is to basically to be a guardian or a protector to some of these traditions. Yes. I think the other component that we have or the other part of being a gatekeeper is to point the finger at the people who are basically trying to crash those gates. Like like no, you said this, you did this. You you are you are an outsider to this. You you have not earned this. You know, and it's not that we necessarily need to, you know, hang those people out to dry, though sometimes it's fun. Yeah. Um, but we do need to, I think, um, you know, make it very clear to them. And if they won't listen to even the people around them, like, this is inappropriate. What you are doing is wrong. You are in the process of the same kind of theft that all of these people before you took part in. Yes. Um, and this has to stop now.
Yeah, another thing that I want to address with this is like the people that usually talk about, oh, but it comes from Earth. I can use it. Yeah, oh God, yeah. I, I hear that a lot. Yes, oh God. Um, not because it comes from Earth. It means you are entitled to it. Mm -hmm. There are things that I, you know, don't feel like I have the right to do. Yeah. Right? Not because I'm not worthy, but more is because I don't completely understand it. Mm. So why I will use something that I don't understand. Yeah. Just because some stupid people said, oh, you should use this. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's not the way it works. For example, in my tradition, we use sage, but it's not white sage. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, because sage, sage has so many different varieties around the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It has many different genuses. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, you did a video not too long ago about uh, walnuts. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, as, yes, I, I did. It's, it's been a couple months ago now, easily, or a few months ago now, yeah. But, I, but as a joke, yes. No, no, uh, I, I know. But my yeah. point with that is, like, there are different things, you know, in different traditions. And sometimes, they're, like Austin said, there can be similar things yeah. between traditions, yeah. right? But just because it's similar doesn't mean that you're going to use it like I use it. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's, that is very true. Yeah. It's not the same thing, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, if 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 indigenous people use white sage, and let me clear this out: not all indigenous people use white sage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if some group of indigenous people use white sage, that doesn't mean that me as an indigenous can use it for the same reasons, yeah. unless I have created that relationship with that plant, right? Yeah. And there yeah. are practices on, and not only, and we're talking about herbs. Let's just talk about spirit journeys. Mm -hmm. There are spirit journeys that are done differently within different traditions. Yeah. They are very similar, mm. and they are called different. The thing is that the translation to English is a spirit journey, yeah. but they have yeah. different names, just like we, when we did the class on, on the truth about shamanism. Yes. You know, everybody mm -hmm. calls everything a shaman, and it's not a shaman. Everybody yeah. has their own identity within different practices. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Speaking about shamanism, what... Let's go over that word, because most... Uh, I think we need to do a full podcast okay. on the truth because, about shamanism. Because but we can talk about this now, because this is, this is relevant. I, yeah. I am sick and tired of, one, hearing that word and people not knowing what it means. And most of the time, people just go, oh, well, it's because I walk between the worlds. And I'm like, you and every other witch. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is. Do you, I, I find that that is the case. I find that it really comes down to just people being uncomfortable with the word witch. witch. Or at least that's a percentage of it. I think the other percentage is of it, you've got these people that are so desperate so hungry and so desperate to find a spiritual connection to something that isn't Christianity, and I'm talking about white people here, um, that they they just they latch onto those trends, they latch onto those words, they want so badly to be able to identify as that thing. Um, and to me, it, it seems like this is another example of people who really they take something that they mm -hmm. have no right to. No, but um, the thing is that they have generalized it. Yeah. You know, everything is a shaman. You know, if you are from, uh, uh, 
you know, uh, Peru, Native American, mm -hmm. or any part of the world. No, I'm a Celtic shaman. No, I'm a Peruvian shaman. <sighs> no, I, yeah. I'm a Navajo shaman. That's, that's, that, first of all, all that is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those traditions don't use the word shaman. Exactly. And so if you're, as far as I'm aware, the Navajo people don't use the word shaman. They so don't. when someone comes in and they're like, well, I'm a shaman of the Navajo tribe. I'm like, uh, like are, are you, are you using that because you think I'm a white person? Because I, you think I'm white and you think that I'm stupid? No, no, this is the thing. I did a cleansing for, uh, respectfully speaking about this. I did a cleansing, uh, uh, uh to, with, uh, for, uh, a Navajo family. Here, I remember that. Shop. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, right. I did that, and they referred to me, to me, as basically a spirit doctor. Okay. They didn't. I, I don't know what the Navajo. Uh, yeah, what uh, their word would be. Word yeah, would yeah, be, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. referred to me as a spirit doctor. Okay. Right, because yeah. I was doing a cleansing for their child, right, and this is. The things that we need to learn, yeah. you know, if, if, if you're going to claim to be something or, or, or that you mm -hmm. feel connection with something, then do it the right way. Yeah. And again, don't claim what you're not. Yeah. Well, and I think that that goes hand in hand with like following the, the formal process to become a part of that tradition. Because if you're doing that, they're going to tell you what you are. They're going to give you the name. You know, yeah. They're going to they're tell you, okay, this is what we call ourselves when we get to, you know, whatever level, right? They're going to they're gonna do that. Yeah. You mentioned... The Celtic and the Peruvian shamans, and those I think are the two that really get under my nerve because, or on my nerve because, I, I swear every white woman that I have dealt with in the light worker community in the last several years has been identifying as a Celtic shaman, and no, you're fucking not, no, 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 no. Even if you have some training in whatever that spiritual practice would be, no, no, no. If you were born in Utah. You're not a fucking Celtic shaman. You're not a Celtic anything. This is what aggra aggravates me. <clears throat> I see a lot of, uh, like, uh, not only here in Utah, but... Oh, it's everywhere. And everywhere. That you you see, like, uh, you know, we're going to have this retreat and they have teepees and everything. Yes. Oh, God. And not even one indigenous. Yeah. Everybody is white. Yeah. Again, I'm not hating white people because I have two next to me right here and I love them both. But it's about the respect. How the hell would you use... What, where is the respect in that? There's, there's none. There's none. Yeah, there's there, no respect. There's none. There's people out there doing ceremonies like... Fake ayahuasca ceremonies. Oh, don't get me started. And I'm just yeah. like, or the or the rich people that drive in from Park City who would do their despachos. Oh and it's God. like you're not doing a despacho. I'm so sorry. You know, um, and and it's it's frustrating because if you try and educate these people, it's a fight. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's picking battles because. Well, they approach these things, I think, with the same fervor and dogma that Christians approach their faith with. Well, just, there's that one time I was in the shop, and this woman comes in, and she's talking about how she needs, she needs these things, and these things, and I'm like, and I'm just not getting it, I'm like, well, what do you need it for? And she just couldn't give me an answer, and couldn't give me an answer, and she has this book she pulls out, and it's about being a Peruvian shaman and mm -hmm. how she needs to do a despacho for the midsummer solstice. And I'm like, 
Yeah, and none of none of that tracks. None of that's right. And you and, cannot learn to be a shaman from a book. And she's <clears throat> showing me this stuff, and I'm just getting more and more frustrated because I I'm trying to educate and educate, and finally I'm like, I can't sell any of this to you. It's a close practice. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I won't do it. Yeah. How? That, that's so disrespectful. Nope. And and Mike actually had to come out and handle this situation because I was getting so upset and so frustrated that I was there was going to be a fight. There was going to be a fight. <laughs> and I, so... Well, and to those of you listening to this, you know, if, if any of you are, are currently identifying as an Incan or a Peruvian shaman, please stop. I don't care if you have even traveled to South America and have met with supposed elders of those tribes and traditions. Meeting with an indigenous person, even if they are legitimately a shaman or an elder, a medicine person within their tribe or their tradition, meeting with them over the course of a week, there's nothing they can teach you in the course of a week that is ever going to make you a spiritual elder in that tradition. If we're looking at... Let's just let's just look at this. We are in a society where everything is immediate. You can get online, order a bag of frankincense, it'll be at your door the next day. Everything is immediate. And so as we as we look at this, that's how everyone is approaching their spirituality and their practices. And it's so disheartening to me because individuals like me, Mike, Vlad, and other people that we're connected to have worked so hard for years since we were young, to to own our titles, to own what we are, to be legitimate. And here's, sorry to anyone whose name is actually Karen, here's this Karen who decides to <laughs> use her sugar daddy's allowance that he gives her to go on a two-week retreat or online or online even to peru and she gets in this bus and goes with this person that she scheduled with through the travel agency to meet with this little old person who just puts their hands on their head and says something in gibberish which is probably like fuck you white bitch you're stupid and um they they leave and they have this spiritual experience and now they're a shaman in two weeks. That, that, that's not how in, it in works. In two weeks. And no. that's not how it works. No. There are initiations in, in certain practices. It takes where, years. Where, you're, you're, where you are trapped in a sacred site. You are locked into a sacred site. No food. No water. For days. For weeks. Yeah. There so, are processes with this that are actually scary. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you come close to death with some of those processes. And, yeah. You have to. You have yes. to come you close to, to death. Yeah. And... You show up and you say this stuff and I get so upset and frustrated because I'm like, who are you? You have money. Good for you. Good for you. I started my training at a young age. I went through the hoops. I jumped through the hoops. I did the studies. I drank the teas. I did this. I did the things. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like... Well, not not only does it... Not only does it... And their ego that they have. It, it also, you know, what it does is it also, I think, makes it very clear to those of us who are legitimately connected to some of these t- kinds of traditions. 
it is a huge flag to us when you come approach you approach us and you're talking about these things it is a huge flag to us that you are not what you claim to be we see right through you and probably going to call you out too most likely um you know and if we call you out it's probably happening for a couple of reasons one we know you're full of shit and somebody needs to tell you two we're actually doing you a favor or because, you were misinformed. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we're doing you a favor because you could have been deceived. Or maybe you weren't deceived. Maybe you're the one that's trying to really do the deceiving. And if that's the case, we're still trying to help you by being honest with you, even if you don't want to hear it. Because sooner or later, someone else, whether it be a living human or a spirit, someone else is going to harm you for your arrogance. Yep, that is true. If you so. are claiming a title of shaman... Austin's getting all worked up. If you're claiming a title of shaman or this, that, and the other, and the first time you meet something real, an attachment that you don't know how to deal with, and you go, I can't deal with this. You have to go to someone else. You're not a fucking shaman. It happened today. You're yes, not... Yes, it did. Yes, it did. You are not this fifth dimensional being of light. You're not that. No, you're not. You're a child who is deceiving people, taking advantage of individuals who are in legitimate pain and in legitimate crisis and exploiting them. Yeah. And frankly, you deserve all the fucked up shit that's going on in your life, including yeah. all the illnesses you have, including all the shit that's going on with your family, all of it. You deserve it because you're a liar. Okay. You're a charlatan. All right, pull yeah. it back. Pull it back. Sorry. My God. So I, I, I do want, want to talk a, a bit about something. Really quick, or not quick? No, please, please, cause, um, yeah, because we Austin and I have talked enough. Please go for no, it. No, 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 no. I, I, I enjoy because I, I, I like when, when, when brains come together and, Sorry. and, and we, No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, I want to be more specific within close practices because this is something that I've heard on TikTok and actually Facebook. Yeah. Egg cleansing. Oh yeah. Okay. Egg cleansing. There are so many cultures that utilize that. Exactly. I've seen some practitioners say, no, this is close, this is close, this is close. Well, I'm sorry. Let me tell you something. The Arawak and Taino use egg cleansing. The Santeros and Paleros use egg cleansing. You know. Which is which is an aid we use egg cleansing. The, the, yeah. the, the Mago. Yeah. 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 Um, there are, you know, different cultures that actually use the egg cleansing. Yeah. So this and is those processes are all different, as you were saying earlier. Even even in between all of those cultures, like those egg cleansings, culture to culture, practitioner to practitioner, they're never going to be the same. No, I've seen a lot of TikToks that are like, oh, do the cleansing and break it on a cup. Mm -hmm. Not all traditions break things on a cup, mm -hmm. because if you did a cleansing, did a cleansing, you're actually not going to open that inside your home. Because, no, you don't. Well, yeah, because that egg is holding the negative energy now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. Another thing that I want to talk about is actually egg reading. Because ah. there is such a thing as egg reading, right? It works almost like a cleansing. Mm -hmm. But this is the type of egg that you actually break mm -hmm. on a glass. So yeah. you can actually read whatever is f the egg is forming within the water, yeah. right? So those are things that are not close you know, I don't believe that I, I don't believe there are because there are different cultures, yeah. you know, and there are so many practices that are very similar mm -hmm. and people get, you know, they, 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 they misunderstand, 
Yeah. Like, no, this is for my culture. No, not only your culture. Yeah. It's like do a little bit of research. You'll realize do that there a little are, bit are of many research. other people. I find the people that get the most annoying with this closed practice bullshit is these, they're always white. They're always white people. But these, like, these, they appoint themselves like spiritual guardian. Like, I got to step up and I got to police who's allowed to do what. And it's like, okay, first of all, indigenous people, you know, black people, whoever, you know, people of color, you know, whatever, whatever, right? Like, you know, one, no one asked you to do that. Mm -hmm. So sit the fuck down. Okay. Uh, You know, beyond that, you're never going to be effectively able to police these practices because you are not of these practices. You are also other. No, not only that. It also proves to me that you have a sense of superiority over me. Exactly. It's that white savior complex. Exactly. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I don't need that. Shove it up your... Nothing. There you go. Shove it up your nothing. That'll be our yeah. next t-shirt design. The, the, I, well, I salty, know. Well, Salty with this podcast. Shove it up your... Shove it up your nothing. Nothing. And again, we, 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 we say this a lot. There is no easy button like... There Ari. Yes, Ari. There's Ari's. no easy button in yes, witchcraft. We'll have to have Ari back because she hasn't been on in a couple episodes, so we'll have to have her back here. Yes, there's yeah. no easy button in witchcraft. Yeah, there's no easy button in witchcraft. So this not only includes witchcraft, but in any spiritual practice, there is no easy button. No. Any magical practice, even. No. All of it. Is there anything else that we would like to throw out out there concerning closed practices before we kind of move into a different direction with our episode? Just because someone tells you it's closed doesn't mean it is. If it comes from an elder of that tradition, of that practice, yes. If it comes from someone who is of that culture and that practice, yes. But just because someone online says green witchcraft is a closed practice doesn't make it closed. Get over yourself. If you don't know what clo- if that practice is actually closed, just do some research. Yeah, yeah, find find an elder of that tradition specifically. I would even go beyond that to clarify what Austin just said. I would even say, even going to someone who would be a member of that particular culture, even that is not necessarily guaranteed to give you an answer because there can still be people who are of that ethnicity mm-hmm. that whatever, you know, whatever it is that makes, you know, distinguishes them and their practice, even they are not necessarily a part of that spiritual mm-hmm. practice. So exactly. is, you need to go to someone who actually is a confirmed part of that tradition to yep. get that answer. Yep. And if you can't find that person, then sit the fuck down. Yeah, I want to give you the best example. If you are going to be a surgeon, mm-hmm. you are going to take classes from a surgeon. Yeah. So if you want to be whatever you want to be, you have to go to the source, to the root mm-hmm. of that belief. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a, a, a spiritual practitioner with indigenous traditions, uh or voodoo practitioner, or santeria, or palos practitioner, you have to go to what would be for many a priest or an elder mm-hmm. of that practice. You yeah. have to go to that. Not because I'm Hispanic means that you can ask me, oh, can I practice santeria? No, I'm not going to be able to answer that because I don't belong to that practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you need to go to someone, someone that actually has the proper... Source initiations and it's basically an elder and elders can be be deceiving just so you know yeah you need to research the elders that you go to if they're yeah if they're putting themselves out as an elder and no one else is saying yes they are an elder then we're probably not an elder well and also elders uh, most people think elder and they think you know little old person hunched over in a chair like decrepit and unable to move that 
age does not equate to that. Yeah, elder is elder is not older. Yeah, elder is not older. Yeah, so. maybe wiser. Maybe wiser. Maybe I've yes. I've met some very old and very unwise people. Yeah. So yeah. So yes. But but usually you are right. Experience does take time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Let's talk a little bit. We're gonna switch gears. Okay. Um, we've been doing the what we love and what we hate. But I think just to kind of shake things up a little bit. Um, what kind of feedback are we getting? Like from students, from clients, from people who contact us with questions. What kind of what have you guys heard lately that I think would be kind of fun to like talk about and clarify for other people who may be interested? Well, um, I, I do feel like, for example, today, mm-hmm. uh, doing my doing my shift, doing readings, uh, the. the you know, there's a lot of people that want to get rid of trauma and they try, you know, they're asking, you know, how can I do this? Yeah. You know, not only psychologically, but spiritually, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, I'm always saying you, you have to be able to face it, you know? Yeah. And, and this is, uh, in a way, some sort of shadow work yeah. that they need to do. Um, but, yeah, people are very... They're trying to be proactive, okay. You know, yeah. w- with the trauma. At least today, within my readings, that's one thing that oh, nice that Better. stood out. Okay, well, that's a good thing. I think. Would you say kind of along those lines, like you know, I mean, and I know that you're you're a big proponent, you're a big teacher for shadow work, and I'm also like I'm I'm definitely pro shadow work. You know, I know that there's I've noticed this backlash against shadow work recently in a lot of circles within the alternative spiritual community. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to do your shadow work, and I was like, that's bullshit. You absolutely do. Because if you ever really want to grow, shadow work is going to be a part of that. Yeah. So would you say along the lines of dealing with trauma specifically? Because I think a lot of people associate shadow work and trauma. And shadow work is actually much bigger than just trauma. Yeah, it's bigger mm-hmm. than Shadow that. work is not just about your trauma. No. So, But would you say that like, in order for these people to move past trauma, like you have to face your trauma, right? You yeah. have to face trauma. Otherwise, you're never really going to be able to move past it. Yeah, you have to. There's no other way to do it. And regarding what you were saying about, you know, people hating on shadow work, hey, if you don't want to do it, don't do it, right? Fine. Yeah. But, you know, my wiser side of me is telling me you're already doing it. Yeah, well, yeah, because, I mean, you're doing, you're pass- we're passively doing shadow work all the time, whether we, yeah. you know, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and another thing that I, that, that I want to I, I want to say about this is that uh, you got to understand, like Michael said, that shadow work is not only for trauma. Shadow work is also, also a, work, a, a way for you to work with some parts of your spiritual side or, and also energetic side Mm. right not because of trauma but because of growth sometimes we feel some sort of guilt or shame because of the things that we do Mm. okay and we as witches need to learn to let that go yeah i would agree yeah those are the things that that i think hinder our power over time absolutely yeah and we're witches we want we want power yep oh oh, yeah yeah Uh, yeah How about you, Michael? Any um, questions that... I know the one thing I wanted to talk about, and only because this really came up, like, like just today, seriously, within just the last couple of hours, I posted to a couple of our social media feeds. Um, I posted a sigil that I created to... Basically, you know, whether people use the sigils that I ever post publicly or not, I don't give a shit. I use them. 
I charge them. I know they work because I use them. Um, and if other people want to use them, wonderful. If not, don't worry about it because I definitely encourage people to create their own sigils. But um, but I posted a sigil a couple of days back. Um, I think it was right after the headlines had just hit with like yet another mass shooting that happened here in the States. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Americans and their guns. God. But... Um, but basically, the, the purpose of the sigil was to create uh, almost, I want to say, like a bubble or a net around the person who would use it so that they would better be able to avoid situations where they would be more likely to be a victim of gun violence, right? Okay. Where it was more about like making sure that you stay away from the possibility of being you know, a victim of gun violence, right? You know, which yes. is how I work my sigils. You know, as a witch, I tend to focus my energy magically when I'm doing spell work, when I'm doing workings, into more subtle ways. You know, like, I'm not going to go... I'm not going to try to make something invisible so you won't see it. I'm going to instead do something so that you are looking elsewhere. Yeah. Right? And then you still... Then my effect or the result of what I wanted is still the same. But I've worked with the laws of, of possibility and how the universe works to be able to create what I've needed. So anyway, so I had some moron, and I'm going to say moron because the guy was, frankly, he was a moron, contact me and basically say like, well, if I'm standing in front of you and I've got a gun in my hand and I'm going to shoot you, this sigil isn't going to protect you. And I'm like, of course it isn't, dumbass, but my sigil will make sure that you're not standing in front of me with a gun pointed at me because my sigil will make sure that I am able to avoid your NRA member card waving, Trump supporting, cousin humping ass, you know, which yeah. is exactly the vibe I got from this loser, you know. And I'm not trying to trash people who own guns. I'm a gun owner, you know. I'm not anti gun, okay? Um, but, you know, but anyway, but going back to the sigil specifically, I, I was a little frustrated. I was kind of concerned. I was like, oh, my God, is this what people are thinking sigils are doing? Like, you know, I don't think there's a sigil out there that is going to make you bulletproof. You know, if there is, please message me. I would love that sigil. But, um, you know, but instead, you know, we're, we're using these as magical focuses to kind of work around these mundane kinds of things, right? That's one yeah. of the core components of witchcraft. So I don't know. So anybody who's listening to this, please, please get that message, right? Sigils are not going to make you superhuman. Sigils are not going to allow you to completely bend the laws of reality and physics. I don't think there's a single witch out there that can really do that. We have to work with those things, right? Um, but um, but anyway, so yeah, so just, ah, I don't know. That one just really kind of got under my skin today. Yeah, people don't understand that we manipulate energy. And what we mm -hmm. do is actually manipulate our surroundings mm -hmm. to get what we want. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean even in, in something as simple as a glamour spell. Yeah. You know, we use a, when we do a glamour spell, it's because we want to manipulate what, everything that is around us. Mm. It's not like it's going to make us invincible. Yeah. Even though that I'm pretty sure I feel pretty invincible. Yeah. But well, that would be a part of the spell, right? Exactly. You, you want to capture that feeling. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. What about you, Austin? What I do don't you, have anything. You don't have anything? No. Nothing in the, the realm of healing, Reiki unrealistic expectations of things you're good i mean if you don't you don't have anything you're good i don't want to put you on the spot i mean any more than i usually do the only thing i can think of is uh so i i'll get a little bit more forward so that way the mic will pick me up better um i've been doing my reiki one certification yeah um course and 
And through the course of that, I've had lots of students in my class, and a lot of them are practitioners. Um, and because I approach Reiki from the Reiki standpoint, but also I, I'm a traditional witch. I approach it that way no matter what. Um, yes, your Reiki is very witchy. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I've noticed that witches, true practitioners who are learning Reiki, are they either excel or they struggle. Mm-hmm. And I had a student message me actually feeling quite defeated after our last class on, uh, yesterday um, because they, they noticed that their innate reaction to trying to work with this energy is to push. And if you're a Reiki practitioner or if you've even read anything about Reiki, you know that Reiki isn't pushing. You don't push that energy. You are just the, the vehicle by which this energy is transported. Okay. The energy moves itself. Yeah, the energy moves itself, and it goes where it's needed. And um, Granted, we can direct some of that energy, but we don't want to push. And so I was talking to my student, and I, I felt bad. I almost felt like a failure as a teacher because I was like, I don't, I don't know what else to do for you to let, it, to let that flow. Like, I, I don't know how, how to approach that. And so, um, and I think Vlad actually may have struggled with this a little bit too when he was doing my Reiki 1 class, is the concept of letting it flow. You not making it, not pushing, just opening up and letting it flow. Yeah. Um, and so I had to rethink it, and I noticed that the witches in my class, the practitioners who considered themselves witches in my Reiki class, really tapped in really quickly. I mean, I have a couple of coven mates in there who are doing really, really well. And then we have just a couple of just regular faces who come through the shop who are really excelling. And so that's that's what I've really been noticing is that um, that's what kind of like put a light bulb in my head is like, yeah, Reiki is energy, but the way that we go about it is different. Just like, I mean, going into close practices, they may share similarities you know, certain practices will, will share similarities, but that doesn't mean that they're approached the same way. Mm. And so, so basically what I ended up doing, this is also a student who's in my Awakening the Witch class, um, I, I asked them, like, well, when you ground, do you push the excess energy out and pull, or do you let it flow? And their response is, well, I just kind of use my breath. I let, it, I, I let that energy ride in my breath. And I went, I went, okay, that's how you need to approach the Reiki then. If you're a witch and you're struggling with trying to find a freedom of energy, the, the sense of freedom within your energy, uh, I, I suggest I suggest taking that that realization from me and my student. And and Chris actually is the one who who helped me with that idea as well, which was how do you approach working with your energy and manipulating that energy and that power more efficiently and effectively? See if you can apply that to other places. So I thought I thought that was really interesting. That's really kind of the only thing that's kind of popped up in my brain. Well, I want to I, I want to talk about something really quick. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm gonna hate on star seats and light, worker, light workers and everything. So in my point of view, and I think both of you too. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Here. Um, yeah. To think that. By the way, I'm not saying that I don't believe in the existence of uh, other life forms 
and different planets, different no, universes and we, dimensions. We don't believe in aliens. Here. We do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. But to have the sensation and 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 and, and this idea that they are my superior and they're here to save me. Mm-hmm. Fuck no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need it. And this is probably one of the things that I despise about this kind of beliefs. The the star seed. The star seeds and also well, and, and they're just the latest, right? Cuz you had like indigo children, you've got like I think you've had like Rainbow children, and again, crystal children, all of these, all of these ridiculous things. Yeah, but this is the thing. Uh, the first time that I started researching and mm-hmm. learning, because I like to learn before I talk shit. Okay. About, for example, crystal children, indigo children, yeah. and mm-hmm. rainbow children, and all that. Uh, it is not related to extraterrestrials. Mm. It's actually related more to the energy of the child. Ah, okay. Or that generation. Or generation. I see. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I, I know that about the indigo children specifically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, on TikTok and also on Facebook. Yeah. You know, like all this, like, star seeds, all this, yeah. like, oh, you know, the, the Pleiadians are here and Commandant Ashtar... Mm. Uh, has a message for you. Oh, well, I'm sorry. You know, I'm going to flip Commander Alstar and I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. You know, because again, I don't, I'm not saying that I don't believe in, 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 in other life forms or mm-hmm. aliens. Yeah. But who are they to be better than me? Yeah. Well, and also, in Starseed, Fairy Children, all these things that are popping up are all just excuses for people to not actually take things like uh, neurodivergency seriously. Yeah, I think that's that's been another big debate for people I, who are anti the Starseed community specifically. Yeah, I, there's... And it's really frustrating to me because just because someone's odd doesn't mean that they're from a different world. What you're doing at that point in time is... When you say someone is odd, therefore... Because they are not like you or your group of people, they must be from a different planet. What you're doing is you're essentially just negating the fact that they are a living being. You're going, oh, you're not like me. So, uh. and it's great to be different. Being different is awesome. That's what makes us all individuals. That makes us all unique. No. That's what makes us all special. But remember, if everyone's special, no one's special. So, um... So that's that's my big problem with the starseeds. On top of that, people who claim to be starseeds are also the ones who have huge ego issues. Yeah, they all have a messiah complex. And a messiah it's a complex. It's a very very culty kind of a kind of a thing. And yes, they do. I just I I'm not down with it because if you can't manifest the simple things in life like a new car and you're driving around a piece of shit or you can't manifest text back. Pretty, just like, just like I'm just going to say like physical healthy. Physical like, health. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, I'm pretty sure no, you're I'm, not a star scene. No, again, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to say a couple of things about this because first of all, you can, you, you can not try to make people believe that you have this kind of power. Mm-hmm. If you cannot control your own anxiety, yeah. yeah, 
That's one true. thing. Yeah, if you're a starseed and your big thing is, well, I'm a starseed and I'm an empath and I just get so overwhelmed with energy. Okay, bitch, you're not an alien then, obviously. And you're I'm gonna, not evolved. Yeah, and another thing, I'm going to burst some people bubble bubbles. Um, we like bursting bubbles. We're good. Yeah. In a way, if you think of it, by your logic, we are all starseeds. Yeah. Because we are all, we all come from uh, a supernova, an yeah. exploding oh, yeah, star. Yeah, we're all made of stardust, right? So, yeah. scientifically, we are yeah. all starseeds. Yeah. Okay? I'm not claiming to be a starseed. I don't want to be a starseed. I am not a starseed. Yeah. Right? But that's the their logic. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that this is, and I see these creators, again, on Facebook, on TikTok, on even Instagram, yeah. That has this huge following. Oh, yes, they always have all these hundreds of thousands of people who listen to their every stupid word. And yeah, yeah and it's all like twin flames and this. Oh, and, God, and, white language. And, and, and yeah, and uh, again, like our 5D and all that. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me tell you, if you're in 5D, that means if I curse you, you will not have any effect. Let me curse you and see what happens. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. Like, let's put it to the test. Yeah, there let's put it to the yeah. test. Yeah. If you're so awesome, pull your receipts. There you go. So Yeah. Well, all right, gentlemen. I think we're gonna we're gonna call it a wrap uh, on this episode. I want to thank you both so much for talking with me about all the things. I think we covered a, a whole range of stuff tonight, but a good conversation. And I think uh, I think definitely would I think I think we answered some questions at least based on some of the questions I'm hearing about some of the stuff we've talked about. Yeah. So. Does anybody have any one last thing to say before we, we sign off? If this has left you feeling confused or potentially frustrated or disillusioned, feel free to reach out to either one of us. Um, whether that's Mike via TikTok at Cat and Cauldron or stopping into the shop, you can get a hold of me as well, or to Vlad via, via TikTok or his Facebook. Um, or business page, please. We we would we would love to have that have conversations with you and maybe clear up some things. And honestly, well, you can also just really quickly you can also con or follow and contact the podcast directly on Facebook and at Instagram at just at Salty Witches Podcast. And if you have questions and you're like I said, if you're having a little bit of an issue, just reach out. And we will do our best to help you out. And if we can't, well, then I guess you just need to see a therapist. If we can't help you, we'll probably be able to help you find someone who can. So, yeah. yeah. So, well, thank you for having me again. Yeah. Yeah. And well, always, you're part. You're part of the crew. And uh, people stay witchy, curse some people, heal some others, <laughs> and just be just be true to yourself. That's about it. Yeah, there you go. All right, Be stay real. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay witchy, and yep. there's no easy button in witchcraft. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. See ya.